0: What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? (gasps) Awesome, awesome. Uh, This is the final week of Ghost Stories, and so I'm going to jump in in just a second and finish up and give you, if you're a guest today, give you kind of a a rewind or a look back on what we did the first three weeks. But I want to start by saying this. Um, Yesterday, I got to do a uh, funeral. I had the honor to do a funeral for somebody that some of you guys may know. His name was Bobby Tanner. And um, the reason I'm telling you, is because it happened a crazy way. Um, On Wednesday, I was with some pastor friends in Atlanta, and I got a Facebook message, and through the grapevine, they found me. And I ended up talking to one of his family members, then another family member. And here's what they told me. I want to go really fast so y'all can just hear why I'm telling you. This is what they told me. We had a family member that had attended your church, and they said how extremely friendly your church was, how open they were to us. We didn't look like church people. We didn't act like church people. And they invited us in. Seriously, the conversation I had with this lady, and she said, "Um, I called you because I don't know you, or I tried to find you. They didn't know my name, but they knew that I was the pastor of this church. So I just want to tell you, and I say this with, and it's it's not like a sinful pride. I was very proud, and I was proud of you guys, and I was proud of the way that God is using you to have a reputation that people far from God can experience life in Jesus Christ in this house, that we want to reach the least, the lost, and the lonely. And that is your reputation. And so I'm saying this with pride. I'm not embarrassed. I am so proud to be your pastor, and I'm so excited about what God's doing. And um, so let me just tell you what happened. Um, I I don't know exactly how many, but I know um, several men that were friends with him, trusted Christ yesterday, and several other people did. And listen, here's why that happened. I need y'all to know this. It obviously happened because the Holy Spirit moved. Um, but it happened because of y'all. I, mean, I need y'all to know that. I need y'all to see that this is bigger than just what we do on Sunday mornings. Right? Like, it's awesome what we do on Sundays, but it's bigger than that. And um, and this is this is what I'm excited about, is I think the several of the people that... Um, None of the family uh, that I know of went to church, and I believe that some of them may be here second service today. And so I just think it's awesome. And I just want y'all to know, man, I, I'm serious. I, um, I just was really proud of y'all because they didn't say we need Mark Pangle. They said we want the pastor of Four Points Church, and um, that's really cool. So I just wanted to brag on y'all and tell you that um, I just think it's awesome i'm I'm really proud to be your pastor today, and I am every day, but really proud today. so anyway, we're going to jump in. Hey, today uh, is the last week of ghost stories, and up till this point, what we've learned about the Holy Spirit is that he is not our monogram towels or our duvet cover, which I was very careful with because I thought it was a bidet and I didn't know what they were talking about right it's, uh, he's, he's truly a comforter he's truly someone that we can. Count on in the worst times and he can, he can come to us. And he wants to come to us, right? It's not just this spirit in the sky that we try to reach for and grab, but he loves us. He's our friend. like We talked about week two and then last week that he's the person, that he's God. Today is my favorite. I don't know if it'll be your favorite, but it's my favorite and it's because of how it ties in with next week and the next four weeks and our series kind of joined together today. And this is the title of the message, The Holy Spirit is Not a Generator. The Holy Spirit is Not a Generator. And today's message is the power transfer, is what you can literally call it if you're writing it down. But the Holy Spirit is not a generator. I'm going to tell you a story, and I have some props. I have some props out. Sorry about that. I have some props out that bring back such good memories in my life. Uh, This is all electrical fun Praise the Lord Jesus. I see my dad in the back. Thank you for such an awesome upbringing. Uh, When I was growing up, we did construction, and my uncle's at fault, too. When we were little, um, if you do this to your kids, that's awesome, all right? So keep doing it, right? like When we were like—I'm going to exaggerate, but let's just go with it, right? When I was like four, okay? We weren't allowed to play. We had to pick up sticks. Y'all know what I mean? Like, then don't don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. So I don't need you lifting back. Like, we it was awful, right? It was like, in the girl. Let me just for all. I need to get this all on the table, and I need Matt and Mike here bad. Like, the girls were allowed to play, and we had to work. And we'd be over there watching, and they'd be over there dolling and doing whatever girls do. And we were all doing our picking up sticks. And there, the pile of sticks that we would have to pick up was as big as this whole. Like, it was awful, right? and then bricks and I like I think they this is the truth I'm just so like I need counseling cuz I'm just going to put all this out there I think they used to cut trees down just so we had something to work on <laughs> y'all know what I mean like it was awful so so then they decided they would start remodeling houses thank you Jesus like you know what I mean like it I'm listen I'm just going to I'm not doing that okay I'm letting y'all know right now if y'all hear that I'm remodeling houses Y'all need to start checking horoscopes and everything else, finding out if the Lord's coming back because it is not happening. You know, woo, praise Jesus. But from, from as young as I can remember, I don't know how old I was, but my dad was, was remodeling a house and rewiring it in, um, at, at Lake Bowen. And it was an A-frame house, and it went all the way to dirt. And he bribed me with money. Like, he didn't pay me, but he was like, dude, if you can get this wire from one end to the other, I'll give you $5. Well, y'all remember back in the day, $5 was a lot of money. And I got stuck, and I started crying. He's like, all right, I'll make it 10 Well, then I got there. Like, I got the shovel out, and I got there. But as far back as I can remember, I remember, we didn't use a ton of Smurf, this stuff, but we used stuff like it. But I remember putting in receptacles, and I remember putting stuff together. Here's what I really remember about wiring houses together is, is when you started gutting the inside of the wiring, Right? This is this is taking a house that is already wired up and it's taking and pulling all new stuff. And as that's going, you stop the power source, the Duke power coming in because otherwise it's not good. And then you've got to change it over to the new meter box, right? To the new to the new panel. And so there has to eventually be a power transfer. But up until then, up until then, we would we would wire up certain things and we would do things to get power, but a lot of times we had a good generator, right? And this is what we would do. We'd go up, and we needed this person to run a drill to drill holes up for new wiring. So, brrrm, and we'd have, right, we'd have the generator up at the end of the day, especially if no one was living there. Turn it off, put it in the truck, go home, come back the next day, finish, go to the next house. And then same process. It looks the part. Everything looks the same. You crank up the generator, and you're rewiring the house under the house, and you're doing all the fun things that you get to do, or in the attic, i got plenty of stories, but I'll say, like, it's awful, right? And, and you do all these things, and it looks good. Listen, here's the deal. At the end of the time that we would wire the house up, if you were to walk through it, all the receptacles looked like receptacles. Everything looked the part. Everything was done. But there wasn't a power transfer until Duke Power came over and took where the main power source was going into the house and switched it over. And we had done our part, but there had to be a power transfer and it looked, listen to me, I need everybody to lock in. It looked the part. It looked the part. It looked like everything was perfect. Look at me this morning. Some of you guys look the part. When you walk into this room, we say, what a nice Christian couple, right? Man, they got everything together. Because you look the part. My friend, you are shiny ivories, right? You are brand new. You look good. But without the power of the Holy Spirit filling your life every single day. It's just like having a generator. And let me just tell you why we chose this and why this meant so much to my life. Up until the time that I started digging deeper in the person of the Holy Spirit, this was my testimony. Listen, I would come in here and every Sunday morning like we did this morning, I would get with the band and we pray, Holy Spirit, fill us today. Fill us today. And this this is what I would do and crank him up, right? Because this is what I really believe. The Holy Spirit comes when you call for him. But we only call for him in big things, right? I got, I got this deadline, Holy Spirit. And I need you to fill me today because the deadline's on the way. He's running wide open, right? Right? And then the milk goes bad because we forget and we turn him off and the gas runs out. And we think the time, listen, we think the time to fill up the tank of your generator of your life is on Sunday mornings. Guys, if it's on me to fill up your generator, I might get you a gallon and I'd feel really good if I got you a gallon. Y'all know what I mean? Like, that's not. This is what I've missed my whole life a total surrender to the Holy Spirit. A total surrender to the Holy Spirit. I've missed this. If you leave with one thing, I want you to leave this. Total surrender to the will of the Holy Spirit leads. To a power transfer, total surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit, to the will of the Holy Spirit. Y'all remember last week? He has a mind and a will, a soul. Like he's that's who, what makes him. That's his essence. And when this right here is replaced with his. It no longer becomes cranked. Listen, the day you get saved, you have the Holy Spirit. But that does not mean you crank him up just because there are receptacles and there are things in your house that look the part. Just because the switch is there does not mean when you flick the switch, anything happens. There has to be a surrendering that takes place. There has to be a surrendering. And listen, this sounds elementary, doesn't it? It's like, duh, Pastor Martin. I'm a pastor and I did not ever live like this, ever. This is what I mean, right? I mean like when it comes to my wife and when it comes to my friends and when it comes to this staff and when it comes to life in general, Holy Spirit, lead me like I ask you to lead me before I preach. It's not enough to crank him up. And what do we look like to them when we're dancing and singing and going out and living like hell out there? Monday through Saturday, we're totally different than when we're in here. Why is that? Because this, this isn't a reality, is it? This isn't what we look like, and this isn't a reality. So what's the problem? And the better question is this. How does this happen, right? How does the power transfer take place? I want to take you to Acts chapter 1, and I want to show you what Jesus showed us would happen. I want to I show you what Jesus' final words, his final statement as he was on the Mount of Olives and he was about to shoot into heaven, I would love to have seen that because I don't know what it looked like. When I was standing there a couple weeks ago, I was like, so did you like just beam up or was it like a slow, steady? Because that's what I would have done. You know what I mean? Like, mm, and then it would have made the weird noise. Like the, I would have gone slow and just been pointing at everybody. What's up with everybody? You know what I mean? But, but I've always wondered what that's like. But the very last thing Jesus said, and while, uh, while staying with them, Acts chapter 1, verse 4, while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. Can I tell you guys something? Some of you guys, y'all need to pump the brakes a little bit. Slow down. Come back. Jesus said to them, y'all stay where you are. He says, don't depart, from, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said you heard from me. Who's the promise of the Father? Who is it? Y'all got to talk because my zipper feels like it's down. Y'all know what I mean because I say this every week. Y'all got to talk to me. Who's the promise of the Father? Who's coming? Who did Jesus promise was coming to them that we've talked about for the last three weeks? Holy Spirit. Spirit. And he said, y'all, wait. Wait for the promise. Man, this feels like it should be my life verse right now. Right? Stop trying to go on your own. Why do you try to... Mark, I'm, I'm putting my name in here. I'm not putting your name in here. This, this message, it may just be for me, okay? If y'all can't talk back to me, this message may just be for me. It's like, Mark, stop trying to do this on your own. And when I run out of gas with my generator, I'm like, what happened, God? I, I, I filled up on Sunday. He's like, wait till the one that I promised you comes that you heard from me for John baptized with water. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Does that mean water baptism? No, it means filled. It means that he powers us up because we receive him by surrendering to his will. That's it. And and, and so this is the question is at this point, why hasn't it happened? Why am I a 34-year-old pastor that knows these things, and yet my life looks like a generator and not that the power has been transferred where consistent Christian living becomes what my life is. And I look for ways to sin rather than look for ways to run to Jesus. You're like, is that what salvation is? No, that's what the power is. That's what the freedom of this life is. Salvation is trusting Christ as Savior. I believe you will have your want-tos changed, but I do not believe at that moment... There is true power transfer. I believe you have the opportunity for it. Listen, but you crank the generator like I've done my whole life, and you're like, I don't understand. I don't understand why my marriage, listen, I don't understand, some of you feel this way right now, I don't understand why my marriage is always up and down and up and down, and there's no consistency. I don't understand why I do not live a life of honor where I show people love, and I do what Jesus said in John 13 would show the world that I am a follower of Jesus Christ, that I love one another Why is it that I gossip all the time? Why is it that these things happen? It's because I am not surrendered because the Holy Spirit is not this. The Holy Spirit is not just someone you walk up to and go, and that's what I do to him all the time. It's like he's a magic button or the Staples easy button. Okay, it's time for the Holy Spirit in my life. And that's been my testimony most of my Christian life. And you know what it's not been? surrendered to his lordship saying, you know what? I don't know where you'll take me. I don't know what this life's going to look like. I don't know where we're going to go. tell you the truth, I'm a little bit nervous because I'm not in control, but I'm going to trust you. But I'm going to trust you. Verse 6 says, so when they had come together and they gathered, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel. Here's what they were saying. We followed you this whole time. You died and you rose. And all this time we knew that you were in charge. You were the boss. You were the king. The king is among us, right? And you were going to take over and you were going to be the boss. So it's now the time. Do we get to watch you do these awesome things? And he said to them, it is not you, it is not for you to know the times or the season that the father has fixed by his own authority like, if you did all these things to get what you want to get or to see these cool things, that's not really for you to know. Can I just say this to y'all as a pull off of this? Yeah, but Pastor Mark, when does it start getting better? When do things change? When do I do? When do, I do? Isn't that how we are kind of? Like, don't we, we kind of say, I'm going to follow God, and it's cool, and I'm, I'm in, but what's in it for me? That's basically what I translate. What's in it for me? When do I get what I want to get? I believe there are promises of God that we can hold on to and cling to that are amazing. But when it comes to this, there is a trust factor that we don't get everything. The family yesterday at the funeral, they all came up to me. Most of them are not followers of Jesus, and they all wanted one question. What do you all think the question is? 32-year-old man, what do you think they were asking me? Why? Why? You know what I told them? I don't know. I said, there's an appointment Hebrews 9.27, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that face judgment. I don't know when your appointment is, and I don't know when my is. There, mine is. There's a lot of things like this that is, is fixed by the Father that we don't ever get and we won't get. And when you try to figure it out, you will lose your mind. Like you, will, you will go crazy. And it's because his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts from last week. you all remember? And, and, and his mind is not like our minds. But he created us in his image to be like him, not be him. And when we, listen, when we, and this is, this, is the, this is the struggle with the power transfer, to be honest with you, this is why, this is a little plug for next week, why we're not transformers is because we cap what we should be as a conduit. We cap it. And we say, no, I'm the boss, man. Like, I'm in charge. I'm, I'm the one that gets to make the decision of this life. I'm the man. You know what I mean? I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. <laughs> That was good. And it's because, here's why. Here's why I think it happens for most of us, not all of us. I want to know, man. Like, I have the right to know this is my life, God. And we wrestle with them and we get mad. I'm preaching to y'all this morning, and this is a testimony. I don't know if it feels like it this morning, but this is a testimony. Because I feel like I'm just spilling out my guts to y'all and saying, I'm just going to show you what my life is. But let me show you. What has changed? One verse. Let me show you what's changed. Next verse. I'm going to need y'all to talk with me a little bit, okay? Because it's about to get Pentecostal up in here. But you will receive power. power. Huh. That seems like when it comes to electricity, that's a good word, isn't it? So, so when, when the who, who is this? The Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, y'all have heard this verse hundreds of times if you grew up in church. But let me tell you how this verse is a little bit different. A couple things. Number one, I should have brought my Jerusalem cross with me because it means so much. Uh, I, I brought Jerusalem crosses back. It's four crosses with four crosses on the inside, and it represents this. It represents the four Gospels taken to the four corners of the world. And it starts with Jerusalem. And your Jerusalem, by the way, is right here. Your Jerusalem is in this room and in this community that you live in. That's your Jerusalem. And he, the, Jesus told the disciples, pump the brakes, stay home. figure this thing out here. Let me tell you something else. You want to go on a mission trip around the world? I'm not calling anybody out. This is me. I'm not, you want to be, be a missionary around the world? Here's a cool place to start being a missionary. Yeah. Where? Yeah. Here. Jerusalem. Start here. Stop trying to go to Timbuktu and Zimbabwe and do it here. Just do it here. You've been called here to have power. You haven't been called there to have power. You get off the plane, you're like, ooh, right? And, we, we, and we, start, we have an aura around us because we got off an airplane. or We drove 27 hours on a bus. And if you do that, I don't know how you have an aura anyway. It's terrible when you get blood clots, so don't do that. But, but listen, here's where you're called. Here's where you're called. There's not one person from Pali... All the way over, both sides, me, everybody, no one, everybody is called right here to have power. It is time for us to say enough is enough. I'm not living a powerless life. I'm going to be full of power. I'm tired. I'm tired of my inconsistent Christian life. Well, I can look the part and smile, but can I be real? I am often cranking the generator and there's not been a power transfer. What I desire for you is what I desire for me. What my prayer for my life has been since October, November. God, show yourself through me. I'm not doing works for you. I want you to do it in me and through me so that when people see me, they see the power. When people see me, they see that there's been this big power transfer and it's plugged in. And there's been a change that's taken place. An absolute change change that has taken place where I'm no longer the one that every once in a while when something big comes up grrr, I crank it up but I'm the one that has received power from the Holy Spirit when he comes on me listen the Holy Spirit never seldom or almost never comes on us because we don't want him to you know what I mean by that we don't want him to We want to be in charge unless we really need him. Guys, look at me. Look at me right now. If you are not desperate for a move of God in your life, where you see how much you are failing and falling and coming from him and swimming up and you are in an ocean that is so deep, there's no possible way that you will ever find the top. If at this point in your life you haven't figured that out, then you are not desperate for him. And so many of us, listen... This is is what I want to scream to millions, and you're my Jerusalem, and I need you. Because guess what? The people that called me to do the funeral knew about you, not me. That's such a great testimony. My desire for us is that we will realize it's not about Mark. Like, listen, it's not about Mark. I'm not saying this to feel good about myself or to preach good. I'm saying this because it's real. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about the power in me. Guess what? The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the power that is inside of me. If there is one, the person of the Holy Spirit, that was powerful enough to take a dead man who had been crucified on the cross and three days later raise him up from the grave and he lives in me. I might want to turn him on and I might want to not be in charge of my life anymore and I might want to say let's have a power transfer and stop this thing where I'm cranking him up every once in a while but let's go with him all the time. Because I bet you that guy knows how to run my life better than I do. I bet that would be a really good idea. And so I'm just going to tell you all what I've been doing. And if y'all walked into my house, you'd be like, this dude is off the rocker, okay? Every day, every day. I mean, like, I cannot think of a day. It includes seven days with Davin in Israel and quite a few days with you. That's my wife. I don't know if y'all know that. I live with her. It's good. Praise the Lord for her. But I get up every day and I talk out loud in the shower. And I'm going to tell y'all what I do. I ask the Holy Spirit today where I live, work, and play. I receive your power. I receive your power. I pray that we, not me, that we, you through me are a are a factory for power when I see people I have your meekness and your tenderness and your love for people because automatically and naturally I do not I do not love people like I should I do not I'm not kind like I should if I'm kind I have there's a means to an end to my kindness but through the Holy Spirit's kindness I'm kind by lifting them up in their weakness and it doesn't matter what I get in the end and all of these things it comes down to who is in charge me or the Holy Spirit that's it that's it I think the problem with the church today, watch this. I think the reason that people have told me yesterday, I'm just not really into church because church is full of hypocrites. I'm like, join the party, bro. It's awesome, right? (laughs) Do you know why I think they're right? Because I don't think we've turned the switch on, I think we've pulled the crank. I think when big things happen, man, we really want the Holy Spirit to move. I think when someone comes in our lives and we can talk to them about Jesus. But guys, there's marriages falling apart left and right. When was the last time you said, Holy Spirit, fill me in my marriage? There's friendships that are so far gone, you don't even know what to do, and you haven't forgiven someone in 25 years. When was the last time we said, Holy Spirit, give me your forgiveness because I cannot naturally forgive these people? If you want to know what the Holy Spirit's forgiveness is, I just want you to take a litmus test of what you've done in your life and realize that the Holy Spirit not only forgave you, but he does not even remember your sin. That messes me up every time I think about it. That Romans 8 verse 1 says, he does not hold my sins against me because he does not even remember them. Holy Spirit, how about you help me with this today because I can't naturally do it. Help me remember their sin like you remember mine. If you're in bondage today because of sin and because of hate, And because of hurt, and because of past, and because of marriage problems, and because of anything else, there is one way for that to be fixed. That the chains in your life, the iniquities, the infirmities, the things that are so far down, pitted in your stomach, they're broken. And it doesn't happen by a magic wand. And it doggone sure doesn't happen by cranking it up for one hour on Sunday mornings. If you need me to feed your life, and I'm gonna try my best every single Sunday to preach as hard as I can preach every week, but listen to me carefully. The Holy Spirit in you is so much better. It's not even, this isn't even a good illustration. He's so much better than this guy that you can't even describe it with human words. He's in you. He's in you. And what comes out shows me if he's really in you. And it doggone sure shows me if you've cranked him up or if you've had a power transfer that switches on and changes. For the next four weeks starting today, I'm sorry, for the next four weeks starting next week, we're going to look at what I believe is an outline for how we are transformed so that, so that we go from, from a generator to a transformer that receives power and then shoots power out. So we go from someone that just receives power and stops it to someone that becomes a, cult or a conduit for God in and out, in and out. That's what the whole point of Transformers, the series is. That we go from generators to receiving to throwing out. Pastor Mark, how do we change the world? We're transformers. Because I'm going to tell y'all something. There's a power source. And this guy, he's pretty cool. His name's God. And listen, the nuclear power plant in Oconee County is pretty big and cool. And you wouldn't want to go touch it because it probably hurts you. But it's, but it's not God. We can't put into human words, I can't possibly comprehend how to tell you how powerful the God is that we serve. And here's what's crazy. He loves you. He loves you. Let me close with 1 John chapter 1. And this is how I believe we know. This is how I believe. This is, this is what shows if we're truly powered on. This message, excuse me, this is the message we have heard From him and proclaim to you that God is, say it with me, that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship, remember the week on friendships and and it's not that you lose a, a relationship with him. It's you lose fellowship with the Holy Spirit because of deep sins in our life that are unconfessed. That bitterness, that hurt, that anger, that hostility down deep inside of you. We do not have fellowship with him when this happens, and therefore darkness creeps into our life. With him, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But, verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, Cleanses us from all our sins. Verse 9 says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That word cleanse doesn't mean there's a little residue left over. It means it's gone. It's gone forever, forever, forever. It's gone. That messes me up. That's so awesome. Here's the deal. And you need to ask yourself this. Most of us in this room would say, Pastor Mark, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. Right here where I am right now, I'm saved. And if that's you, that's so awesome. But I just want to know. Here's what I've been asking myself. When people see me, do they see the light? Or do they see Mark? Because I'm going to tell you how I describe Mark. It's darkness. It's dark. It's cold. It's a heart of stone. It's flesh. It's carnal. It's a sinful man. I do my best. I want you all to know this. I do my best. I try really hard And there's many times I look at Leah and I say, I don't get it, right? I don't understand. Let me tell you, I do understand now. I was walking in my power. I was walking in my light. I was walking in a generator and that gas ran out and I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get why I always screw up. What I do now, it ain't about me. It's not about me. At the point that we look at the Lord and say, God, No more. I will be under your lordship. I want you to control my life. For some of you, it means you need to be saved. It means for the first time in your life, you need to say, Lord Jesus, I am lost. I am hopeless. And as I said yesterday, when I face my Maker face to face, I will look at you and say, I never knew you. I knew you in my mind, but not in my soul. And I give you my heart and life today. You can certainly not have a power transfer if you don't know the one that powers up. So for some of you, you need to trust Christ as Savior, and for others of us, you've done it. And many of you feel like I do in this room right now, and you say, Pastor Mark, my whole life has been cranking it up, and I've fallen into sin, and some of us it's it's sex, and some of us it's lying, and some of us it's gossip, and whatever it is, you know you. Deep-rooted anger, bitterness, your marriage is on the rocks, whatever it is, is there a fix? There is an amazing, amazing fix, but it's not easy because it takes you completely saying it's not about me. I surrender my everything to you, Lord Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and I walk in your light. And as a result, you are light. Listen, here's how it happens. This is it. If you want the power transfer to take place in your life, you have to surrender to the Holy Spirit. Total surrender to the will of the Holy Spirit leads to the power transfer. Guys, I'm not even being Pentecostal at the end of the message because I want to be so clear. 99% of the church needs this. I just believe that when people are spirit-filled, you can tell. I don't think it's like voodoo. (laughs) It's not spirit-in-the-sky stuff. They just are kind, and they just love people. And you can just tell in their spirit because they don't want what's for them more than they want for others. And they'll give the shirt off their back if that's what it takes to love people. They give to the Lord Jesus and, and tithing and giving offerings becomes part of what they get to do, not what they have to do or what they don't do. And in everything that they do, they aim to give glory to the Father through the Lord Jesus. In everything. In everything. With everything, we give glory to him. Listen, that's why you were created. And the only way that you can meet up to what you were created to do is by stop trying so hard to do it and by letting him do it through you. There must be a power transfer. Will you close your eyes with me? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to ask you, first question, Pastor Mark, really the reason that I feel powerless is because I don't know the one that gives the power. I don't know the Lord Jesus. He is not my savior. I've known about him in my mind, but I've never known him in my heart and I've never surrendered all to him in the Lord Jesus. Today, I want to be the day that I get saved. Pastor Mark, I need to be saved and I choose to do that right here, right now. If that's you, please don't let anything embarrass you. If you feel the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart, I just want you to throw your hand up and say, Pastor Mark, that's me. I want to be saved. Wherever you are in this room, say, Pastor Mark, that's me. Be as bold as you have to be, but let that be your testimony right now and say, Pastor Mark, I need to be saved. I need to be saved. For everybody else in the room, I believe this is a private moment. Pastor Mark, here's the truth, man. I feel a lot like you did a couple months ago. I'm living my life, man, and I'm, I'm, I'm saved. But Holy Spirit led is not how I would describe my life, and he's more like a generator in my life where I crank him up and there's not been a power transfer where I'm submitted to the will of the Holy Spirit daily, every single day by walking in his light. Today, I choose to let there be a power transfer in my life by submitting myself to him, by surrendering all to him, and by walking in his spirit. If that's you, I just want you to stand. I want you to be bold enough to stand up wherever you are and say, Pastor Mark, that's me. Wherever you are in this room, if that's you, please stand up right now. That's me. That's me. All over this room, Lord Jesus, my eyes are closed because this is a private moment for people and I'm not concerned with how many or what it looks like. God, we will receive power when you come on us and we will be your witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Today, my prayer is that we will stop cranking you up when we need something and treating you like a genie and allow you through surrender to do what you created us for and that is bring you glory and honor by your Holy Spirit filling us every single day. God, this isn't a magic wand because tomorrow morning, I will wake up and surrender to your will. On Tuesday morning, we will wake up and surrender to your will. Every day, this will be a choice. But today, collectively, what we say is we receive your power. We no longer crank you up before a big service or before a big event or before a big test. But we receive your power because we want to change the world for the glory and honor of Jesus Christ. We want that to happen. And so today, God, I pray that you receive our prayers. Holy Spirit, I pray that you fill us so that we can reach the least, the lost, and the lonely with the gospel of Jesus Christ for your glory and honor. And God, we ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Will all of you stand?